You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thanks for joining me. If you're sitting in your car, you're on your way to work, I hope you have a great day at work. I hope you have a great week at work. I hope you're listening and you're enjoying and, you know, take your mind off things for a minute. We've got a great guest today, Greg Sulkin. Um, the Runaways, pretty smart. Uh, you know, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, talks about Selena Gomez working with her and having a healthy lifestyle. Ryan, I had a little uh, little little issue this this last week. What happened? Well, we went on a post Thanksgiving hike, uh-huh. and I take my friends out to Victorville, and we go on this hike, and it's a bunch of us. That's far. And my friend Christy, <laughs> it is kind of far, but it's a great time. We drive out a couple hours, we hike in an hour, we down to these hot springs. So we get down there, and it's a little treacherous to get through. We have to get through waist deep water to get mm-hmm. to these natural hot springs. Mm-hmm. Well, I get across. Everybody's across, except my girlfriends. Christy and Shira, and mm-hmm. they're just, you know, I think they're fucking around. So I'm like, guys, come on. I'm yelling across the water. Come on. It's great over here. And they're like, we're going to go back. And I'm like, what? And uh, I looked at the other guys, my friends who are in the hot springs. I go, uh, something's wrong. I got I to gotta go back. And I uh-huh. walk back, and Christy's face was just swollen. Like, I oh, mean, I've never, no. like, like Rocky Balboa 12th round. And like just a huge golf ball on her face. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? So she slipped on a rock and hit her face. Oh, fuck. So we immediately had to turn around right when we got there, turn around and hike back up. But she was a good sport. Oh, She's doing no. okay. But it was, it was kind of crazy because if she would have split that open or something, it could have been a yeah. lot worse. But we ended up going to the Olive Garden after. And, <laughs> and uh, regardless, we were very happy about the Olive Garden taking care of us at uh, Victorville. Thank you, Olive Garden. And uh, Christy was a really good sport. So, Christy, if you're listening, um, you're a good sport. You didn't ruin the trip at all. But it was uh, – you go into the survival mode. Like, okay, uh, here's what we're going to do. And then she was okay, but we had to hustle back, and it was a hard, treacherous hike back. So I was, I was definitely a little worried. Um, hey, thanks for listening, as I said. Uh, also, I want to just throw a shout-out at my buddies at the company Weird. Yeah, it's weird. W Y R D, weirdleatherandmead.com. Uh, they have amazing stuff over there. Weird is a nerdy medieval fantasy pop culture loving business uh, that is heavily focused around the community and recently played host to the Rose City Comic Con launch party. For more information, check it out because they've got this wonderful mead. If you haven't had mead, it's like a, what would you call it? Like a. It's a, it's a sweet, it's a, f- what is it? It's fermented. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Well, it's the oldest alcoholic beverage in the world. And uh, mead is brewed using honey as its sugar source instead of grapes. It's delicious. They sent me a bunch of this stuff. All you have to do if you want to check this out and support small businesses is go to weirdleatherandmead.com and become a warrior of the weird. And weird is W-Y-R-D, leather and mead, weirdleatherandmead.com. Also, a shout out to Echoes of Hope, who uh, I work with. Um you can donate to them. They're hosting a holiday event for under-resourced children, teens, and young adults. Roughly 300 students will be supported this December. Uh, so if you want to purchase a gift, you just go to echoesofhope.org. Uh, tell them I sent you. It'd be, it's, it's the holidays, so you want to give back. Echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S, echoesofhope.org. Great. And last but not least is another uh, company that I'm, I'm working with, a nonprofit, another nonprofit called Food on Foot. If you go to foodonfoot.org, you can help uh, the homeless situation, which is getting bigger and bigger, and we need to put a stop to it. So if you want to donate for the holidays, it's a great, great, uh, great place. 
they do so much for the homeless community. And you go to uh, foodonfoot.org to help them out. So echoesofhope.org, foodonfoot.org, and weirdleatherandme.com. These are just some places I thought I'd shout out. Um, if you want to follow us, our handles are at Inside of You Podcast on the um, Instagram and Facebook, and at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. Um, anything else, Ryan? You want to add to that? I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. We got new stuff at the Inside of You Online Store, new oh, tumblers. Nice. So check out the Inside of You Online Store and some great stuff at uh, the Sunspin, my band, sunspin.com. And you could book us for a Zoom uh, if you go to sunspin.com. Yeah, I don't sell those. Though. Those are little stress balls that I give for all my patrons. And speaking of patron, if you go to patreon.com slash inside of you, I know there's a lot today, but you know, it's the holidays. But my patrons really uh, support the podcast in so many ways, more ways than you could possibly imagine. And I'm very grateful to them. And uh, some of them, uh, depending on what tier you're in, you get a package from me every couple of months and a note from me. And uh, and as Ryan was saying, these little stress balls, those are one of the gifts that I throw in one of the boxes. So uh, go to... Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash inside of you. Patreon dot com slash inside of you. And join Patreon today. Join the family. So many people become friends on that. It's a wonderful community. And I thank them a million. But let's, you know, I think we have a we have a busy day today. Um, Greg Sulkin is on the podcast. It was great. I didn't know him at all. And when I don't know someone, it's uh I learn a, a shit ton. I really learn a lot. And you think, okay, was this guy gonna bring anything? And he brought it. And I think you're going to really enjoy him. He's a lot of fun, and I think you'll learn a little from him. We talk a lot of, about a lot of good stuff. And uh, uh, thanks for supporting me. You know, sometimes you don't know the guest, but you listen anyway, and you learn something. And uh, so many emails that you guys send me that, uh, t you know, they tell me how the podcast affects you, and it means a shit ton to me. So that's awesome. So, Ryan, that's it. Ryan brought me a gift. He brought me a bottle <clears throat> of wine. I appreciate that for the holidays. I don't get gifts very often, but it was very nice of you to bring me a gift. And it's a Hanukkah present. It's a Hanukkah present. Yeah. It's the fourth day of Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. I'm not a real practicing Jew, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that I am Jewish. And uh, uh, I don't care what you are. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and you, you should be proud of that and respect everyone. We love you. Uh, let's get inside of Greg Sulkin. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I, I thought about this. I thought about before doing the podcast today. I was like, you know, he's too good. We, I mean, I've seen these <laughs> interviews... You know, you've done a lot of great work and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be some dark side to him. There's got to be something. Because I know that you want to play and you can play the bad guy. You want to per be perceived probably as the bad guy. Because, like, for me, I was always a goof. And then and then they gave me the chance to be Lex Luthor. And everybody, all my friends were like, you, Lex Luthor? This is ridiculous. But, like, I'd love to see you as, like, the uh, the Christian Bale in American Psycho. Or something like that, where you're just such a great guy, but then you you uncover the darkness. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm 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 a Gemini, so I, I like Gemini. I date Geminis. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, a bit, bit nuts. Um, are they a bit nuts? I think so. There's, they say there's two sides to Gemini's, and I agree. So I definitely think that yeah, maybe in my career I've only been able to show like one side, maybe. 
not one side, but you know, a few different sides. But the the dark side right. is definitely a fun side that one day I'd like to. Well, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. Yeah. Do you feel like you've lived, or you feel like you you have so much to to do? I feel like I have so much to do and achieve for sure because I've always been very driven. Right. Very like I feel like I got that from my dad. My dad grew up with nothing um and worked his ass off and and provided for me and my brother and my mom and you know come from a very like traditional household right um so i definitely got the hard working gene i think from him um but then on the other side it's like yeah you can i feel like i've been going through this over the last years like especially through the pandemic you sort of question what's important and yeah working is really important and achieving success to me is really important but at the same time it's it is important just to sort of Breathe for a second, take in your friendships, enjoy those moments with your mates, go for a glass of wine and just shoot the shit, you know? Like, yeah. Be present. Yeah. And I think that's, it's really hard for me in this industry because I'm always thinking of the next job or how can we further the career or what, what can we do? What can I be doing to be better? And sometimes that's not always the healthiest. Why you know? is it, Ryan, <laughs> that I feel like you know, once again, there's a 20 year old, nine year old man here in the room. And I'm 49, and yet I feel like he's got it taken care of. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and I need, I'm going to learn something from him. That's what I, I already get that, and he said 10 words. You probably will learn something. Because what a good day for you. Because I wasn't thinking about being present. I, I'm just I'm trying to learn that now is being present, being what, let's let's take it back. Let's go back to like when you were growing up. I mean, so you were, were your mother and father always very present? Always were they like, Greg? I love you. I'm proud of you. I I I, I just whatever you want to do, son. Was it always like that? My mom was. Uh, my <laughs> <laughs> my dad, I love. He sacrificed so much. You know, I used to play soccer as a kid, and he used to give up his job and not give up his job, but used to leave his job early to take me to soccer. And so there's hours and days and 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 months that he's sacrificed but at the same time he was a little bit hard on me in the sense of i remember playing soccer and he used to look at me from across the field if i did a bad pass and i wasn't worried about what the coaches said i was just more worried about what my dad said um, just the look that he gave you just the look and i could see it from afar away and i could see his body language throughout the game so yeah he's been definitely like tough but i think it came from a place of like love like don't sell yourself short like i know what you're capable of whether it's acting, whether it's as a human being, you know, right. like we could all be doing more. And so like, don't say yourself short was the mentality that he had towards me. So he wasn't always like, like your mom was like, I love you, sweetheart. He yeah. was just a little tougher on you. A little, I, I got, I got you beat though. It's not, not this isn't a contest, but I remember my dad, I, I told the story before, I think, but did I tell you the story about after I scored three goals in a hockey game and we won the game and we went on to the finals in the tournament. My dad was the head coach. And I remember being in the car going, I go, Dad, I scored two goals and then I scored the winning goal in overtime and we won. And my dad just goes, It was a weak goalie. Oh, that's not ideal. He was, he was, he was really tough on me. He was really hard on me. And he wasn't someone, I think it was just like the the era that he lived in. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't say, I love you. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. That wasn't in the cards. He wanted me, I think, inadvertently to feel like he was a superhero like he was like he never drank he never smoked he never did this and then i learned as i got older that he did all this shit and he was a fuck up too yeah, yeah he was yeah. a big fuck up he probably invented acid <laughs> you know what i mean how old is he he's about 19 years older than me so well he's six he's uh 70 and i'll be 50 next year okay so similar my my dad had me a little bit late too and um 
with they're the same age, so that makes total sense. Really? From that era of like that tough love. Were you were, were they tough? Was he tougher on you than he was your brother? Um, my brother. Uh, I don't know. My brother. I love. I love my brother. He. Uh, no, they're they're they were tough on us in different ways for sure. Like how? My my brother it does real estate. My dad does real estate. Uh, so I think that there's a lot of like, this is what you, you should be doing. Whereas like in this field, like they don't really know what I should know be what doing. To say to you. So I get off a little lightly. But I think with my brother, um, yeah, like I think they're just, they're tough. They want us to do well. They want us to be kind. They want us to, you know, um, push forward our life. And if we're not doing that, then, you know, then they're not, then especially my dad, he's not thrilled because my dad sacrificed everything. You know, it's like, it's not easy to wake up at three, four o'clock in the morning. My dad sold like um, kitchenware on the street corners. Wow. It's sort of like how he, you know, he got expelled at 13 years old from school, was involved in fighting. Um, and involved of, in fighting, meaning he started the fight and finished it. Is what he tells me. <laughs> exactly, no, exactly. Um, but you know, he just uh, left school at thirteen, fourteen, um, and then hustled himself. Just sort of him and his brother, and then they sold kitchenware, and then they ended up doing real estate, and then they were known in London as like these two young property guys who sort of came from nowhere. So, like, I have a lot of respect for that because I, I think it's hard to 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 you know create success yeah. on your own without help um yeah. and he managed to do that well what did he think about you when you started thinking you know he's busted his ass he's selling you know hard what is it again what was he selling kitchenware 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 kitchen kitchen i mean kitchen knives like farberware and things like whatever those yeah yeah, yeah like things that you know you 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 cutlery um, yeah cut yeah cutlery cutlery <laughs> cutlery but also <laughs> machines like how to slice a, an avocado or right you know what I mean? That the wonder stuff. knife. It would just simply cut through anything. Yeah, he was a great salesman. Like he I've seen videos. He just he just knew what he was doing. He knew how to sell. Maybe you got some of that salesmanship from him in terms because acting is is kind of salesmanship. You're selling yourself, right? Yeah, I mean you're selling your soul. <laughs> you're selling your soul. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a presentation aspect for sure. Right. That I think I got from him. Well, I hope I got from him. Well, do you think that, you know, it was hard when you were, I don't know how old you were, you could tell me, but like getting into acting when he's been doing all this stuff and busting his ass and then you're like, I want to be an actor. Yes. I mean, I, I got into acting when I was 12 or 13. So for me- Was it high school or uh, grade school? We don't, we do like what is it? junior school and senior school. Junior so, school. See, what, what's junior school go up to? Oh, I think maybe like- Eighth grade. 12. I don't know what that is. Right. right. Oh, oh, so you wouldn't know that. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I'm telling him something he wouldn't know. Junior school, because we have grade school, we have junior school, mid middle school, mm -hmm. and then we have high school. Right. So it's like first through sixth grade, and you're about up till about 11, and then 12 and 13 years old for middle school, and then 14 to 18 for, for high school. Yeah, we have... No, not that. Not we had that. junior school and senior school, and I don't remember. The school wasn't really a thing for me. I, I mean, I enjoyed right. it. I enjoyed it for the social aspect, and I enjoyed it for the sports. But the academic side of school was not for me. So what were you in, in high school? Were you popular? I mean, popular. It was actually pretty weird because I, I, I felt like I got on with everybody. And then when I got into the industry, I got treated differently when I came back. Because um, I went to the same school as Freddie Highmore, who's a very successful actor. Um, who, I looked at you blankly, didn't I? No, 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 no. 
I mean, a little but, bit. But he's he's done a lot of big stuff. For sure. Like Freddie the Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, he debates Motel. He's now on Oh, okay. Now I know exactly know. who he is. Yeah. You know who he is. He's the good, the good doctor. The good doctor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you went to school with him. Yeah, but the thing is with Freddie, and the, the difference between Freddie and I was Freddie was extremely intelligent um, and was all in the A. Don't sets, sell yourself short. And I was uh, just not in the A sets, you know. And so when Freddie went away to to shoot, I asked the same question, like, "Oh, hey, I've got this job. Can I go away to shoot?" And they were like, mm, "No." And Freddie was allowed to just because he was so incredibly intelligent, right? Um, that he was able to do both. Whereas it took me a minute to to. F do film and TV and also study. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, T-shirts, soap scents, whatever, whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you can see what your best seller is right there, analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Netflix. Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy, greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Friday, May 3rd, only on Netflix. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. What was the first thing you did at 12 years old? I did a movie called 66. 66. Uh, was yeah. that the one with Helena Bonham Carter? It was. 
You, you see how I know my shit? Yes, it was. Have you seen the movie? I haven't seen it, but I love Helena Bonham Carter. Okay. So was she intimidating? No. She no, wasn't. No, she was the nicest human ever. Because it was very weird. It was actually my first audition. My dad told me, hey, you know, uh, no, it was actually my mom. She showed me a newspaper article, and I'm Jewish. I'm a Jew too. L'chaim. L'chaim. Um, That's about all I know. Shalom. 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 I know that one. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, you know, uh, my mom saw a newspaper article, and it said, oh, auditioning for a, uh, a boy who's just recently had his bar mitzvah. And it's to play in a movie, a universal movie uh, called 66. This was the first thing you auditioned first for? First thing I ever auditioned for. Oh my God. And it was crazy. I, I, my mom said to me, she was like, look, if you, I was like, no, don't be ridiculous. I don't want to act like this is absurd. Like I'm not doing it. And she was like, well, if you do it, I never asked you to do anything again. Just go to the audition. So I was like, okay, great. At 12 years old, I was like 13. I was like, perfect. I don't have to, you know, don't have to listen to my mom telling me what to do. Like sign me up. I went there. Fiona Weir was the casting director who casted Harry Potter. Wow. Um, and it ended up just sort of working out. And then Helena came onto the movie. It was Richard Curtis who wrote the movie. And it was just like this big movie in the UK. And I was this kid who'd never done anything before, never wanted to do anything before. And then somehow got like an opportunity of a lifetime to go and be in a, in a movie, the lead. Um, with Helena playing my mom and Eddie Marsden too, who's an unbelievable. And you actor. didn't know, honestly, did you have an acting coach? Did no. you? You didn't. Did, so you didn't know what you were doing. Didn't even know acting coaches existed, to be honest. <laughs> you just got in there, learned your lines, and started acting. Yeah, that's absurd. I know. It is now thinking about it. I'm like, what was I doing? And I didn't know what I was doing. Maybe you were just fearless as a kid. Fearless. I remember the first day I got to, uh, I think it was Pinewood Studios in 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 London. And I got there and, you know, on, on sets, there's obviously the inside of the set and then there's the backdrop. So we did the first three, lo three weeks on location and then the rest was in, in a studio. We ended up, I remember going after, remember going to the set and assuming that the, I just had to act in front of the backdrop and they would just plop me in, into the scene. Like I had no idea that there was a set inside in front of the <laughs> backdrop. That's how much I like knew about the industry. But I loved it because you know what? What I loved about it is what I still love about it today, which is the crew. I love working with the crew. I think it's so collaborative. I think it's so nice to be in a team. I grew up playing sports. So for me, it's not like, oh, I'm the lead of this show or I'm the lead of this movie. It's like, no, like we're all creating this movie together and let's hope it's successful. Let's hope it's a hit. And that experience of working with people who are amazing at their job is what to me makes it so fun. You know what I like to do on set always? I've always been, because they're, they're like the first, they're like the audience to me. Mm -hmm. When I'm acting, um, I always want to know everyone's names. I want to get to know their names because I think you said this in an interview before and you were dead on right, as far as I'm concerned, how they become family. They're sort of your family while you're there. And when you get to know these guys, it's almost like a support system. You could do your best work. And I notice a lot of actors don't know the crew's name. They just hit their mark or they're just they're sort of oblivious. It's just my lines and act. But you seem to want to get to know these folks. You want to seem to get to know the crew and and talk about that. For sure. I just think that they are, you know, as an actor, it's like, look, the entertainment industry isn't glamorous, as you know. But in a way, it's like as an actor, you do get treated so well. Like, 
you know, you have people bringing you coffee. You have people making sure that your shoes are comfortable. I brought you, you coffee. I know, I know. It was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, Very I nice, made you, by the way. I made you coffee too, Ryan. I did. I drank it. Yeah. Oh, wow. You Good downed you. it. You downed it. Yeah. Both of you, I feel like, are more men than more men, more like men than I am because you have your coffee black. I always counter black coffee. Yeah, it's like I'll just have a black coffee. I'm a man. I'm like, I like some sweetener, like some whipped cream. (laughs) Um, I want mine to be a little bit uh, fun in the morning. But uh, you you like to get to know the crew. You like to have become family. For sure. I just think that I was so. And you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I still remember the first runners. You know, like a, a runner a person. Who Someone like, who gets your coffee. Yeah, I still know his first. I don't remember. I was I was thirteen years old, and I still remember his name was Joey, blonde hair, the coolest dude. And to be honest, Joey, the runner, probably allowed me to have such an amazing experience on set. Is one of the reasons why I'm actually still in this industry today. Because if I had a bad experience, I wouldn't have continued it. But he was just so nice and so chill that I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like. And I haven't spoken to him since I left the the movie, but he still sticks with me for sure. Joey, you've done a really good job. Look at this career this guy has, and it's all because of Joey. For sure. And even on my last show, we had a set PA called Greg, who was amazing. On the current show now, uh, there's Cassie and Mitch, who are like amazing. So it's like, yeah, they do. They they become your family, and these people, you know, they they're just they're just great. So hardworking. And it's fun, you know. I think they're really. I think crew members are really underappreciated, yeah. especially from the outside. But I think once you've been in the industry for a long time, you know that the crew are the glue to this industry. What? What? How did your family perceive this experience? When? When? Do you remember when your dad first watched this movie? Sixty uh, six. He's Jewish. My mom converted to Judaism uh, because she married my dad. Right. Um, so he was really proud. He was really proud because. Um, you know, as being Jewish, there's a huge sense of community and, and, and pride to be Jewish. I know I feel that. Um, and so, so yeah, he was just really proud, but the best part was that my, when I first went to the premiere, it was in Leicester square, which is like a big, you know, it's a big, it's a, you know, big place to go and have a premiere. And my brother came with me who at the time was 17 years old, 18 years old, like very handsome boy, looked like a young David Beckham at the time, like long hair, wore a suit, like immaculate. I remember getting out the car and I remember getting out the car and there was just screaming fans, like screaming girls. And they thought, you know, the movie was- They thought he was the- He was the star and he was there signing autographs, (laughs) taking my limelight. Upstaging. It was the worst ever. It was the worst ever. So- you know, it's always sort of humbled me. And also Borat, the movie Borat came out the same day as 66 did. Right. And so we were expected to be a huge hit. And Borat sort of became like a, a global, you know, hit. And so we didn't become the hit that we thought that we were going to become, um, which was the best thing to ever happen to me. Because I think if if you if you're 13 years old and you don't know yourself and suddenly you become extremely famous... I don't know how healthy that is for a human being at 13. So I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people get such uh, success at a young age. I've been working since I'm, you know, I did a play when I was in high school and then I did plays in college and then I went to New York and I made no money doing off, off, way the hell off Broadway. And then I started doing it. But it was always incremental. It was always step by step, two steps back, one step forward. And it just it just kind of gradually. I never was an overnight success like the guy, guy on my show, Tom Welling, who was on Smallville. He was sort of an overnight success, and I always looked like, "Holy shit, man! How do you deal with all that pressure?" So you're saying ultimately that the the fact that this movie wasn't a huge success 
kind of humbled you and you know got you made you a little more prepared for what was to come for sure 100 percent. because as you know there's ups and downs there's definitely steps back or you feel their steps back um step step back step yeah uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah whatever, whatever. um <laughs> and and so yeah you know i think it definitely propelled me for what this industry is all about which is you've got to be thick-skinned uh you've got to be able to maneuver you've got to be able to kind of lift yourself up when things don't go your way um and so yeah it was the best thing to ever happen to me were you pleased with your performance did Hel 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 helena 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 Hel Hel we, we say helena did hell did <laughs> helena come up to you and was like you're so lovely you're so wonderful in the movie i loved you terrible english accent it was actually not bad really yeah it was not bad at all i felt like she was there but, but thank if you if i closed my eyes i would have started talking to <laughs> helena um we she actually lived five minutes away from my house in well not my house my family's house in london and she was already with tim burton at the time she was with tim at the time was he there at the premiere yes did you meet him i did i actually went over to helena and tim's house uh because they lived so close and they after the movie they kept inviting me over do they live in like a edward scissorhands kind of house you know it was really cool um i know they're no longer together but what i thought was really they're not uh, no oh that's a drag no. i thought they were the perfect couple just that perfect mesh of weirdness they were really special to me they they wrote me as a rap gift they gave me the first prop that you see on charlie in the chocolate factory uh you know the poster yeah that you see on the lamppost yeah uh that they signed me uh they signed that for me on the back of it and i actually have it in my house really yeah it's really cool do you keep stuff do you keep stuff from sets do you keep like memorabilia do you ever ask for autographs because as you can see looking in my home, I get autographs, I collect things, I do things. Because I always feel like I was always doing that beforehand. And I never thought I'd be famous. And I never thought I fit in. So I thought, you know, this could be my last movie, this could be my last show every time I do something. So I'm like, I'll get an autograph, I'll have it, I'll have memorabilia, one day I'll show my kids if I have it or my friends kids or whatever. And I thought it'd be cool. Do you get stuff like that? Do you keep things? I'm exactly the same as you in the sense of like, <laughs> you know, I don't keep as much as what you've kept, to be honest. This is like a little yeah, insane. Well, uh, do? Um, but I think what I do, I always try to take the back of the cast chairs. Um, I have all those. Yeah. I, you know, just, it just says, not the It chair. says the project. It says your name. Yeah. You, you have it. Do you also have a chair? You have, I'm sure you have one chair. I don't actually have a chair. I don't have a chair. I just have the backs of them. Do you want to hear something cool? This yeah. is a big name drop Tell in me. my office. So I was friends with uh, the late Carrie Fisher. She was a good friend of mine, and I, I loved her dearly, and uh, I miss her. But um, one day I, I came over to the house, her house, and she goes, uh, take that chair. I go, it was her Carrie Fisher uh, chair from um, Star Wars, A Force Awakens. It's a Carrie Fisher Force Awakens. And I go, okay, where do you want me to take it? She goes, home. I don't want it. I know you love this shit. Oh, so I have yeah. Carrie Fisher's cast chair That's in so my cool. office. That's so Isn't cool. that cool? That's awesome. I um, always feel like Billy, her daughter, is going to call me one day and say, can I have that? And I'd say probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think you probably have to give that back. But it back. it's so, that's so cool because you also think about that chair is not just a chair, obviously. Like the memories of, you know, Carrie Fisher being in that cast chair during, during that shoot. Like that's what it probably brings back so many. Like, yeah, and also her just saying, it's yours. Take it. It was just meaningful. She, she just knew that. Yeah, it's it's for her. It's whatever. But for me, she knows I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I always kept my cool around her. I never really asked for stuff. I just, you know, was always a friend. And then she she just gave me the cast chair. That's awesome. Well, I'm sorry I didn't bring anything here. You know? Yeah. What the I, hell? Yeah. Sorry. What have you kept? Um, I have. I just keep the back of the cast chairs, and I get the script signed. 
um, on the front of the the front by the, the entire cast, the cast and the crew. I would, I always say the cast are on the the front, right, and then the crew's all in the the script. Really? Yeah. So it's cool because you know what's amazing is the crew have made this experience. The, uh, the crew have made my experience in this industry amazing because I look back on it and I'm just like, oh, I remember that person. Oh, that was so chill. There's private jokes in there too. Um, you know, yeah. between you know me and that individual person. So it's just. It's just nice. It's like a yearbook. Right. It's cool. It is. It is like a yearbook. Um, was your mom, right after you did this move, you're like, I told you to do this. I said to she, do it. She still she still says it. She it's literally, all because of me? She kind of says like subtly and politely, but obviously not very subtly because I pick up on it every time. But she's always like, you know, like I was the one to tell you to go to America, like, because she was. Uh, she was the one to tell me to go to the audition. So her instinct has been right. Like she, her instinct. She uh, knew you had something. Yeah, but I think every mom feels like this. Mm-hmm. Their child has something. Not my mom. Really? No, no, no. She didn't think I had anything. Really? Yeah, I think she, I, I think she called me dummy once. Uh, maybe a few times. Oh, that's but not she was, ideal. She, she, well, no, not ideal. But she, I never felt like I've got something. Until I, I remember I did a play in college and they saw my play. He gets it from me. He gets it from me. <laughs> you know, she wants to take all the credit for it. Yeah, of course. So what was it after? So you were you were hooked after this because you had such an amazing experience with Joey. Yeah. Joey, the, the... The runner. The runner and the whole cast and the crew. And you had such a great time in the premiere. And you said, I want to continue this. Yeah, I just... Also, I didn't love school. So I was like, oh, wow, I get to miss school. Like, that's awesome. Like, I definitely... But don't you get homeschooled or whatever it is get, on set, right? Set to, schooled? To be honest, you do get set schooled. But I remember our first... My first ever tutor, her name was Catherine, and I used to hide from her a lot. Um, and we, you know, a lot. Like, and she literally said to my mom at some stage, she's like, you know, this is becoming illegal. You know, he's not doing <laughs> He's enough, not learning. He's not, he's not doing enough hours. Um, but that that was my school. Um and yeah, so after so after that, I went back to school. Got treated definitely different um, by kids. Kids, yeah. Look, I you, were you picked on? I, you know, it's. I guess people have different ways of putting it. You know, some people may. I see. I don't know. Like, I. I yeah. I guess it doesn't seem like it was a good experience when you went back to school. It wasn't. It wasn't the best experience. But you know what? Like, I've always thought that if someone's gonna like pick on you, like. It's it's a highlight on them, not me. Right. You know, like I remember coming back a couple of times and they used to get my school bag and like dump out the books, you know, just trying wow. to be funny. And I didn't really, I honestly didn't really care because I was just like, you know what? I don't think a lot of people have this mentality in, in, in school because, you know, you feel like, oh my God, it's forever. And your high school friends are your friends forever. And the reality is like, in my mind, I was like, well, I'm only here for a couple of more years. Like, I'm never going to really see these people again if they want to dump my books out because at the end of the day, like, they're kind of a, annoyed or somewhat um, jealous of the fact that another student of theirs, i.e. me, is going off and doing something that they're not, you know, then, like, it's a highlight on them. Did w- you really have that mentality? Yeah. So at that young age where we could easily be picked apart and fall apart, you had the well with all, well with Wherewithal. Wherewithal. Thank you. That's why I have Ryan here. Yeah. That's why I'm here. The wherewithal. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> to, to know 
that this will subside, this will go away, this is just a moment in time, they're maybe jealous, whatever reasons, it's on them, this isn't on me, let's just get through this. Yeah, That's I don't, amazing. Yeah, I don't know why, I just was always very calm. I just, I remember like looking at my books and being like, this is like pathetic on them, you know, not me. It's like, it takes five seconds to pick it up. Like I'm not gonna spend any energy really thinking about you know, them dumping out my, my books. Didn't really care. You know, I, I, I had the wherewithal, uh, as well <laughs> as a child. Really? Yes. I remember, um, some kids were in the garage and they were all sniffing gas. And, okay. um, I grew up in a small town in Indiana. This is what people did. Uh, and well, they gasoline, were, right? Gasoline. Okay. They're sniffing gasoline and doing things that, you know, and I remember just backtrack, like walking backwards out of the garage and then just like slowly turning a corner and walking back home, cutting through all the backyards, back to my house, thinking I shouldn't be here right now. Something told me, cause I could have easily, that those kids were doing it, peer pressure and like, you know, and I looked back and I stopped hanging out with those kids and two of them went to prison. And I wonder what it would have been like if I just didn't have that. And I just felt like, you know, I want to belong cause we always want to feel like we belong. And, you know, you do something because, oh, that kid's doing it and that kid's doing it. And I don't want to feel like the odd man out. But I guess I did, too, in a way where I like like you, I just go, you know what? This is going to this is going to go away. I, I, I don't I don't belong here. This isn't this isn't the place for me. Yeah, I guess there is, there is that little voice inside of your head saying, like, you know what? Yeah, this isn't for me, because what you just said is somewhat true to in my life, too. There was a kid was kind of, I just, nothing, it wasn't, the connection just wasn't there. There was something off. And he also ended up in, in, in jail. I'm not saying that obviously people end up in jail, uh, uh, bad people at all. I just personally don't want to end up in jail. And I think, that, <laughs> right. you know, like, but I do think that people can come out of it. You know, a few of my dad's friends have been in jail and come out of it, change their life around. Like, sure. you know, it's not like, it's not, that's it. Your life's over. But yeah, it's a, it's an area that I want to avoid for sure. But I also think, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, even with drugs, I think for, that was the same for me with drugs. I you never got into it. Never touched. Have you a ever drug. done a drug? So you've never done cocaine. Obviously not heroin. Why would you go to the worst one of all? <laughs> Why would you jump from nothing to heroin? Mm -mm. But occasionally you have a drink. Yeah, I have a. I mean, it's socially acceptable to drink from right. the womb in London, you know? So like- But you're smart, boy. Like you kept your head on, your head straight. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. I think, like you said about your dad earlier saying that, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. That was sort of, I remember I was like nine years old. I went to the kitchen. My mom showed me a, a newspaper article of this. My mom obviously loves newspapers. Um, <laughs> she, she showed me a newspaper article of this woman who didn't have a middle part of her nostril. And because she had snorted like so much cocaine. Oh my God. And I was just so afraid that that was going to happen to me. And then I, you know, as you grow up, you sort of, especially in LA, you, you kind of always around it, whether you know yeah. it or not, you know, and I was at a, a friend's house the other day, a woman's nose is bleeding, you know, from, from doing too much cocaine. And it's just like, it's an area that I've always just wanted to, again, av avoid. I also feel like I have quite an addictive personality, right. so I don't want to try it because then i have a feeling that i'll like it and then i i want to have a vision of where i want my life to go and i feel like if i start involving substances in that um it may deter off that so you know yeah not to judge people who do it you know because some people oh no judge them they're doing they're not they shouldn't be doing it <laughs> yeah I, doing it. I, it's, it's it's not for me everything you know? in moderation for me you know i i think i've experimented and things like that but it just never 
you know, like I remember doing coke and I was just like, I couldn't breathe the next day. My sinuses were a mess. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really have fun doing that. Uh, I don't know. I can't breathe the next day. Uh, and I don't, you know, for me, it was weird because I have like, you know, my energy, a, a little ADD. So when I did coke, it kind of mellowed me a little bit. It kind of slowed me down. It was the opposite effect where people would be all amped up and stuff. But it's an, it's an ugly drug. I mean, to yeah. th you know, think about, you know, people yeah. powdering their nose. And now it's almost like it, even though it was a terrible tragedy that happened where someone was snorting coke and there was fentanyl in it. You yeah. heard about that in Hollywood and some people died. Yeah. Well, hopefully that will instill some fear in the youth where people will avoid avoid that, mm -hmm. you know, that you hope that out of some tragedy that it has some good effects. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I actually I know. know. I'm not that, preaching, but no, it's actually my friend's brother who that that happened to only recently because oh, it's definitely wow. going around in, in LA. So I'm actually going to Vegas in a couple of weeks and I've already told all the boys, like they know I'm not really like, you know, in that world, but I've sort of given them a heads up as a friend, like, yo, just so you know, like, I know you guys want to have like fun, but just know that, that's you, not you fun don't know for what's me. in that you really don't know what's in that you know every single person you speak to when they say like oh no 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 my dealer like no trust me this is like good stuff <laughs> i'm like that's not the truth in my no 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 i trust dan <laughs> i trust dan <laughs> dan gets the good drugs there's not gonna be any fentanyl in the coke the ecstasy the mollies are gonna be clean yeah it's, it's bullshit it's yeah. like what are you talking about yeah like how do you know yeah. how does anyone know Inside of you is brought to you by my good friends at Sonos. I've talked about this for a while because Sonos is something that I've had for years and I didn't need a, I didn't need them as my sponsor to talk about how great they were. I spent money on Sonos for years because I just love the product. Anybody I know who has Sonos loves this stuff. It's great for the holidays, great for gifts. Uh, I, I could play music in each room of my house or I could play party mode. Uh, in all the rooms at the same time, or you know, outside could be party mode, inside could be just chill with my yacht rock music. You could do anything. Sonos is affordable. It's light. You don't need big receivers and all these other things. Um, Sonos makes it so easy. So share the joy of listening on Sonos this season. Make the sound system on your wish list a reality with speakers and sound bars that are easy to set up. I mean, they're easy, dude. I can freaking do it. They're easy to use. They all work together so you can listen in any or every room like I talked about and bring the family together with some incredible sound from everything for, from classic carols to festive films. Sonos works with all your streaming services and control is simple with the Sonos app. Your voice using Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant and Apple AirPlay 2. Spoil the listeners in your life with a gift that keeps on giving. Treat gamers and movie lovers to an immersive home theater experience with Beam. That's B-E-A-M. Keep your fitness-loving friends motivated with great sound for their workout playlists with Move. And help relatives relax with hand-free control of their music and more on Sonos One. I mean, why isn't Sonos on your holiday wish list? You just don't know, do you? Well, it's time. It's time to get some Sonos during the holidays. And you can go to my friendly friends over at Sonos.com to learn more and wrap up your holiday shopping. That's Sonos.com. Uh, Wizards of Waverly Place on the Disney Channel. How old were you when you got that? 17. 17. And that ultimately changed your life. Changed my life. The best... The I don't know what I, I mean, I'd hope I'd still be in the industry, but it gave me the opportunity to be in the United States. So 
you know, Peter Marietta and Gary Marsh at Disney Channel and especially Judy Taylor, who sort of had a general meeting with me in the US when I was on holiday here, took a liking to me and then worked so hard to create, basically they kind of created that role in Wizards for me, although right. they, they definitely didn't tell me that because they still made me audition. Um, but, you know, they created sort of that role for me and I'm so grateful because it allowed me to get my visa. Um, Disney Channel sponsored it, which was incredible. And it was just, and then to get, not just get a job, but to get a job on extremely well-written show. Um, some would argue probably the best Disney Channel show ever written in the wow. sense of not yeah, just- people like, love that show. Yeah, and then Selena Gomez, obviously, who's incredible. Well, who's but, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she completely blew up. And then to have a storyline to play Selena's boyfriend, it was just like one of those like, wow, this kind of happened to me moments because she was so successful the show was the show was becoming so popular already already was at the time just won an emmy so i sort of it was literally the right time right place right character right storyline right co-star did um, you have an english accent in that i had an english accent you had an english yeah. accent but then you started veering away from that and a lot of projects now like pretty smart yeah you, you 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 do away with that yeah you just have an american accent yeah i think what happened was when i first got into the states i was you know i was obviously practicing my dialect and then disney channel i, I booked an i booked an nbc pilot um after i'd recurred on wizards and like during like after like four or five months of being in the united states i had booked an nbc pilot and i remember my the pilot it wasn't the best pilot in the world. Oh, we do a lot of those. So my manager, who I'm still with today. <laughs> Good for you. My manager, who I'm still with, uh, was like, okay, this I'm going to now teach you about leverage. And so went back to Disney, <laughs> I went back to Disney Channel and said, okay, he's going to not be on the show. And at the time, my character was extremely loved and they didn't want to lose that storyline. And so Disney Channel put me under a two-picture deal uh, and guaranteed me, I can't remember the exact amount of episodes on the show, but that secured basically a relationship over two years or three years with the Disney Channel, which is what I wanted, obviously, over an NBC pilot. Right. Um, and then one of those movies of the, of the two-picture deal was uh, a movie where they said, oh, no, no you're going to be English, you're going to be English, you're going to be English. We got to New Zealand four days before we started shooting, the director came up to me and said, uh, his name is Stuart, and he goes to me, hey, uh, I think we're going to do American for this. I'm like, wait, sorry, what? what? You're going to make me do an American accent on a worldwide platform, and I've got four days to practice this. And so obviously did a crash course. It wasn't perfect. Now looking back on it, it wasn't perfect. You hear yourself some some words. For sure. Yeah, of course. For sure. But I'm happy I did it because it made me jump in the deep end. And Terrifying and terror yeah terrifying like just so not natural but now obviously doing pretty smart it allowed me to you know really jump into it and and have the confidence of like okay if i can kind of do it once then the next time i do it i'm definitely going to be able to like achieve it so then ever since i just sort of went into dialect coach and uh you know dialect coaching and just did it what's what are the toughest words to do an american accent the toughest words that you, you think? i think world was tough you know you guys say world world right yeah like at first i was like wait what? i just said world world <laughs> uh, yeah. it's world everything would be perfect except world you're like <laughs> yeah. 
yes, I think this is an amazing world. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's sort of right. Um, Berg is a tough word. Burger. Yeah. Burger is so, yeah. a tough one. It's tough. The urs, the yeah. world. Yeah. Burger. Yeah. Um, and the U sounds are tough too, you know? Because we, we're very chewy with our, with our, I speak a lot with my lips and I'm very chewy on my words. Right, right. Whereas Americans like, you know, further back here and yeah, a lot more relaxed. Why can't we, why is it that Americans can't do English accents? You guys don't need to. You guys have the, but, mar you guys have the market. It's fine. But you know, some people get, who does the best English accent you think as an American that you're like, fuck, she's, she or he are really good. Aren't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Really? I really don't know. I haven't heard too many. I always try to think it. of Gary Oldman's voice when I do an English accent. He did, he did this interview uh, when he was doing Dracula, and he didn't like um, Francis Ford Coppola. He wasn't getting along with Francis Ford Coppola. He goes, well, when you're dealing in an industry like this, you have to have a great ego. And Francis Ford Coppola has an ego the size of San Francisco. <laughs> And I've got a pretty big one too. So uh, is that terrible? No, no, no. It's actually I I mean it. If I if I <laughs> close great. if I close my eyes, I could I could buy that. You could buy it. Yeah. Where, where would you say I'm from? When you're dealing in an industry like this, you've got to have a great ego. And Francis Ford that word was fucked. I could tell you laughed at that word. <laughs> when you're dealing in an industry like this, you have to have a great ego. And Francis Ford Coppola has an ego the size of San Francisco. I would say you're from London. It's pretty neutral. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, for sure. Can yeah, you do a Cockney? Good. My dad's Cockney. So he speaks a bit like, you're right, mate, how you doing? Like, he's a bit like rough and ready. Really? <laughs> yeah, what about my mom? Mum's also a little bit the same, but she swears a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she swears a lot. What's so, her favorite word? Uh, why is it that English people could say and everything's fine. My mom does not allow me to say that word. That's one word she it's just one word you can't me. say. But, yeah, but the English use the word freely. Like yeah, we say it. We uh, we do say it a lot. And sometimes we call our friends that too. But your mom it's doesn't like when life. you say it. No, she hates it. She won't allow me to say it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She spells the letters out. <laughs> <laughs> it's too harsh in an American accent. It can, yeah. It can be uh, like amongst a few amongst <laughs> a few mates of mine. They, they it's basic sometimes like saying mate but i definitely think it's in america obviously definitely not you know it's not approved in my household but i know in america it's not approved either was <laughs> so you can't say that no what can you say can you say fuck um my mom does i mean in my life for, for sure like would definitely say it to my mates but in my household you just, really have a respect for your mother you really try not to do you say it, you swear it all around your mother if i'm really annoyed yeah. If I'm really annoyed, what would you say? I would probably just, you know, say the F word, to be honest. Mom, that's just fucked. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it to her. You know. The situation's I, fucked, Mom. I think You're I, not fucked. I think, no, I swore once at her. She slapped me around the face. She slapped you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you? 14, 15. And you never did it again? No. And she told me to never do it again, so I didn't. What's her favorite <laughs> word? Her um, curse word? She can say anything. It's a, you know, she, but what is the one say. thing you always hear her say? If it's a swear word, shit. Um, Shite. Uh, no, she tells me, I love she this. tells me to fuck off a lot. She does. Yeah, I'll fuck off. Really? But you don't say it back. Like, how can I? Yeah, mom, you too. <laughs> you fuck off too. Yeah, <laughs> it I just won't work. It's just not as, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't swear. It's weird. I don't really swear around my father. I don't say the F word around my father. It's weird. Mm. You know, I'll say F. Yeah. I'll say, God, that, that's so F'd. 
Yeah. But you lose a little something there. Yeah, it's not as impactful, is it? No. What about Selena Gomez? Do you still talk to her? Um, Are you still friends? For sure, still friends. I, I, funny enough, I saw her a couple of months ago and I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And I just said to her, you know, sometimes when you're doing a show, you just think life, you know, you think it's normal. And then it took me a few years to really, I mean, look, I always appreciated her, but then knowing what that, that, that show has done for my career, I owe everything to the writers. I owe everything to Judy, Gary, and Selena was a huge part of that because Selena was the one that if she didn't want me on the show, she would have said, she something. would have said, Hey, like find, find a new boyfriend. Right. Which right. they would have done in a second. <laughs> no, but for, I'm not kissing him. No, I think, you know, and she, when I went on the show, that was something that I think she really appreciated was that I was extremely respectful, especially in kissing scenes because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it's her job to kiss her co-star, but like, She's a human, you know, you right. want to respect those boundaries too. And so I think she really respected, I appreciated the fact that I respected those. And um, just, she she welcomed me. She welcomed me. At the end of the day, it was her show. Uh, all the other cast members became close friends. David Henry became my best friend. I love David Henry. My best brothers. Great guy. Brothers. Great guy. Jim, Linda, his parents, and uh, became my parents. Yeah. Um, I had a appendectomy when we were shooting the show and Ooh. because my mom and dad were in London, Jim, uh, sorry, Jim, uh, Linda was the first one at the hospital. Um, wow. So, you know, they were like my family out here. And so it wasn't just Selena who welcomed me. It was David, the two Davids, Deloise, um, hilarious, Jake T. Austin, Maria, Jennifer Stone. So you're just close friends with everybody. Yeah. Jennifer's now a nurse. I saw her like last She, she left acting. She's in, she's, she still dabbles in it, but she, but she's a nurse also. Right. Is this? Um, is there anything else you could do, like you would do if it wasn't acting? If you weren't yeah. an actor, what would you do? Yeah, I think definitely. I, I would love. I mean, I do. Aside from acting, I do. I do real estate. Like I've been investing. You do. You dabbled in what your dad yeah. and your brother are doing. Yeah, I've always like my dad always said to me like, as soon as you can buy real estate. So I did. Ever really? Since was, yeah. Ever so you would sell real estate if, if you weren't an actor. I mean, my plan is to never sell real estate. My plan is to buy it, hold it. Right. And never sell any real estate. Right. Um, just because of just. It's smart. Hold on to it. Real estate's uh, the best yeah. investment you can make yeah. for the most part. And so I've always on, on, I've always sort of had an entrepreneurial sort of mindset. Like I've always, anytime I could invest, I invested, whether it's, um, you know, stocks, um, you know, obviously crypto is an asset class, which you know, my accountant keeps telling me, hey, slow down. It's, uh, it's he knows it's, more than me. It's Vegas money, you know, which it is, but you know, it's definitely an asset class. But yeah, I definitely think on the entrepreneurial side, for sure, like I've always wanted to do more than acting. I really want to produce. Uh, been you want to have your own production company. Yeah. I saw an interview, you were like, I want to have 40 projects. I want to be The Rock. Yeah. I want to have all these projects. Yeah. And you feel like that's plausible. If I work hard enough, yeah. I mean, you're still young. You're young enough where you could start doing this now. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm already sort of in the process. You know, I've been obtaining IP on books and stuff like that. We've actually pitched a couple shows to uh, around town over the last six weeks, seven weeks. I want you to remember this face. I will. When I you will. have some how could, I, how could I forget when it? When you have 40 projects, I, I want I you to remember it? this one face for 40 projects. Okay, done. There's got to be deal. somewhere where I fit in there. Yeah, you do. Back in all the, of them. Back to... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You're going to say <laughs> um, something. No, yeah, so I just, and aside from acting, 
I have always been very interested in like forensics. Like I love, like I'd be very interested to see what a detective would be like. Have you ever seen a dead body? Never seen a dead body. Have you ever smelled a dead body? No, I don't. Really. It is the worst. It's the sure. smell that you don't forget. Mm -hmm. There was a guy that died in our building in New York and I walked in and I go, oh my God, that's like sour milk, but worse. And my friend was like, dude, that's a dead body. I'm like, no, no. And the guy three doors down was decomposing for like two weeks and it was seeping through. And I remember my friend Dave, he'd knock on the door and he'd say at the intercom, I go, hey, Dave, uh, the elevator's broken, so you have to take the stairwell. Oh. And he goes, oh, all right. And he, and he almost died on his way up because I forced him to take the stairwell up the stairs. And yeah. it was just like, but it's the once you smell a dead body, you'll never forget that smell. They told me that and I never forgot it. If I smelled it again, I know what that was. Right. right I don't right. know if I could deal with forensics and all that shit. I know, but if some if no one does, then you can't just get away with killing people. So someone's going to do it. Yeah. You know, like think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's got to take care of it. Someone's got to smell that shit. Someone's going to make sure that the law is, you know. So you could get into that. I would definitely, uh, yeah, I could definitely. I could see you as a detective on like True Detective or something I'd like that. I'd happily do it. Yeah, happily right. Happily do it. Back to kissing Selena Gomez. <laughs> um, let me, let me, let's talk about that for a second. I know it's all about respect and I've, I've been there and I've had to kiss people and, you know. Talk about respect. Jesus. Good ringtone. Yeah, right? Yeah, very nice. You know who that is? No. That's, uh. Or uh, Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. Oh. Blue days, dark nights. Okay. Do I, do I. I'll be uh, educating myself and listening on the way You home. will love, listen to ELO, okay. their greatest hits, and you will say, this is brilliant. All right. I think they're English. Well, not that I love not, that. Not that it makes them brilliant. No, well. <laughs> Although having an English accent makes you makes you do you do sound smarter. I sound like even what I how I just stuttered and like couldn't get through a sentence. If you like even having like an English accent and doing you stutter and still sound smart. Yeah, I definitely think sometimes I've I've got away with it over here sometimes because what I'm saying may not necessarily be the most intelligent thing in the world. <laughs> However, it sounds okay. So right, right, you know. right. But. You know, the respect thing when you're doing a kissing scene and it's just like, hey, I want to have a, you know, first of all, have a breath mint. Don't mm -hmm. have a tuna sandwich before, sure. uh, you know, before you kiss. Uh, make sure the person's comfortable. Uh, do you, but there's also some, come on. Sometimes aren't you a little bit like excited to kiss a certain person as opposed to sometimes where you're like, oh, this is work. And then the other thing is like, this is good work. <laughs> yeah. This is, I'm getting paid to kiss Selena Gomez. Yeah, I think at the time, though, <laughs> I was so, because I think, because I think Selena was with Justin at the time. Oh. So that was an area that I did not want to even like Cross. interfere with, because uh, I also really liked him too, and he used to come to set a lot. Was he really nice? Really nice. I played hockey with him in a tournament, and he was really nice. And the first thing he did was walk up to me and goes, hey, how's the girl on Smallville? Was, was she cool? Lana Lang. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, she really, he like really was enamored by her. Yeah. And no. liked her. We, we talked about that. Yeah, he's a big hockey uh, big He's a big player. hockey fan, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, I look, everyone's human. Like, of course, like, if there's a beautiful human being, like, 
Okay, I this like, doesn't suck. Yeah, it doesn't suck. But at the, with with Selena particularly, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about it. I was genuinely thinking like, this is this is her show, right? Like, I don't want to. So you like, didn't even. But, but at the end of the day, did you walk off set in your head? Just in old, like a young. How old are you? So uh, well, cause at that point, I think it was like eighteen or nineteen. Okay, so let's see, eighteen year old walking off set, you just kissed Selena Gomez. Wasn't there that kind of like, those lips were just fluffy. I wonderful. I was very um what's the word um I was I wasn't shy when I was 17 but I definitely wasn't extremely confident. So So you didn't know if she even liked kissing you. Yeah, I was just like Did she ever say something like, "Hey, good job." No. Really nice lips. <laughs> no. That was an excellent kiss. No. You never did that. No. I did that once before where I'm like, "That was a great kiss." That was, I felt that that was real. That was I think we did. How did it look on camera? That felt great. Did you? Did you? Did you? Was that okay? Was my breath all right? I want to know these things. But you, you didn't. You never. No. You never went there. No, I wanted to keep my job. You know, I just always wanted. I wanted to get in, do my job, get out. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. But she liked you enough. You didn't yeah. get fired. No, and I said so. I said to her a couple of months ago, "Thank you, thank you, thank you," and we had a real heart to heart because. That show was our, both of ours, you know, same for her. Like that show brings her back to before she was Selena Gomez, the pop star, when she was just Selena walking down the street, right? right. So, um, so yeah, I think it was just a really special bond that everybody had because it was the start for everybody. Could you go see her in a concert? Would she give you free tickets? I, I hope so. I hope so. I'll definitely go support her in a concert though. I'd, happy, I'd be happy to buy them um but right. i mean i i have you seen her perform i've never seen her perform really no would you like to yeah i think she's great yeah she I is i think she's great she's got a really great voice yeah how I, old is she now 20 she's probably 27 26 27 and she's done with bieber yeah he's married he got married yeah bieber's the Bieber's married yeah he's married how was he on set though lovely was he really lovely yeah lovely just very, he would go uh, out of his way to just be nice yeah he was very chill like it's tough for it's tough for any human being at that level of of fame. I just fame is such a crazy, especially that level of fame. You know, how do you comprehend? I know people judge. It's so easy to judge somebody mm -hmm. when they're extremely famous. When yeah. You don't know somebody, or it's like, oh, he walked by me, he didn't smile. It's like what? every he walks by every single human for the rest of his life. What's he gonna just have a permanent grin on his face forever? Like. Right. He's, he's human. To, yeah, he's got to live his own life too. And I just respect, um, you know, look, mistakes happen. I'm sure he'd be the first one to sort of admit that. Yeah. But his growth is what I think is really inspiring. Yeah. You know, how much he gives back now, what kind of example he's setting to the youth. Because, you know, it's like today we live in, you know, a lot of the world of influencers. But he yeah. is has a huge influence on so many people. And I think what he puts out there is really important. And I think he is a great example right now to young people of to <clears throat> to spread kindness you know and he's setting a good example wow and i res i really respect that yeah. because for him to find himself during being whilst being the most famous Oof. person on the planet with unlimited funds and un unlimited access to anything and anyone it's i can be dangerous it very is dangerous. dangerous it's dangerous to most people so i respect i respect what he's done a lot how much fun did you have doing runaways um how much fun it was so cool it was it's marvel it's you did three seasons three seasons three seasons why yeah. only three seasons 
Um, I think streaming wise, I think it's, I think financially they that's the cutting have point, to yeah. potentially renegotiate with um, <clears throat> uh, everybody the after the third season. They don't have to, but I think that it's sort of an unspoken. And you would have killed them in renegotiation. I, I, uh, you would have said, I want so much money. It's Disney. I don't think anyone kills Disney in, uh, in negotiations, you know? <laughs> I think you're right. I don't think anybody kills anybody in negotiations. <laughs> but what was that like? I mean, it was a fun character to play. Really fun character to play. I learned a lot on the visual effects side of stuff. I thought that was great. Um, because yeah, you always had the dinosaur. The dinosaur. Right. And they had yeah. like animatronics and you had a special effects team. And I mean, they put money behind it. Yeah. They spent a fortune on the show. Also, it was a dream of mine to shoot at Paramount. I remember when my mom and dad were. Because yeah, you lived near there. Yeah. Well, I live, yeah, 15 minutes. Right. But I think I remember when I first moved to LA, sitting outside, praying with my mom in the car of like, you know, oh, I'm going into an audition. I hope I work here one day. And then literally to have a a key code, you know, to have the pass that every morning you, you then check in and you just drive in yeah. and you say hi to the security guards and like you see the Paramount sign and you're the first trailers right there on Paramount. It's like, wait, what is happening here? Like yeah. to remind myself to pinch myself a lot. I had to remind myself to pinch myself a lot because it was like, wait, I dreamed of this moment. You this really prayed with your mom in the car? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? You closed your eyes. Yeah. And what did you say? Did you speak out loud or did you no, was a silent prayer? I'm quite an internal. Uh, I an internal prayer. Yeah. So it was one of those things. Did you hold hands? Mm -mm. She just kind of closed her eyes. You closed your eyes and yeah. you just said what you needed to say. She probably said something like, you know, bless my son. He's a, he's a good kid. And that doesn't mean bone in his body. He doesn't do any snort. Yeah. No, he doesn't do any blow. Yeah. He's a good kid. Yeah. Let, let him work on this a lot. This is a dream of his. Yeah. Whatever that is. And then I, I'm sure the praying continued once I got out of the car. Yeah. I'm sure she was praying <laughs> yeah. from then to the end when I came back. But, right. Right. Um, yeah. It was just so cool. And then Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who wrote the show, right. wrote Gossip Girl. And they were, they were spectacular. Like, they were so smart. I've no, after working with them, I understand why they're so successful. Um, Josh's sister actually lives two doors down from me, which is sort of a weird coincidence now. Wow. Um, but yeah, he's great. And then Jeff Loeb at Marvel. I love Jeff Loeb. Yeah, I actually. He's great. He, he worked had, on Smallville. Yeah. Yeah, he was a writer on Smallville. He actually texted me uh, yesterday. He wants to get dinner next week, which. You know, it's another, another... Ask Jeff if Michael Rosenbaum can come to dinner. Okay, perfect. You should do it. I you will. You should just text him. I will. He'll, he'll say, sure, if you want him to. I love that. No, no, he's a great guy. Okay, he's a great guy. see you at dinner. All right, I'll see you at dinner. Um, but Jeff's great. Um, and he, you know, he, he believed in me, gave me the opportunity to obviously work in, in Marvel. But then at the top, uh, I think Jeff was um, leaving. And I think a new executive was coming in. It was during the merge, you know, right. of Disney yep. buying Fox and blah, blah, blah. So um, I think for all Marvel shows, we were the last Marvel show. Uh, we were the last Marvel television show. The Punisher got canceled and then we were the last one to stay on. Because uh, I think, you know, as a new executive comes in, they, they want a clean slate. So I think that's right. also what happened. I think it was from a budget point of view, but also from a personal executive point of view. Have you ever gone to conventions and signed autographs? Yeah. yeah. So what do you sign for? Do you sign do you, most of your autographs are for Runaways? Uh, you know what's crazy? I feel like that's why I'm so uh, happy uh, and and <laughs> and grateful with just the jobs because some people come up to me for Wizard. Some people come up to me because I you know did a few episodes on Pretty Little Liars, yes. which is a huge show. Some people come up to me on Faking It, which is a really important show for the LGBTQ 
IA community. Is it now IA? I believe so. I've got to get that right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so it was a great opportunity. So it's nice. And then Marvel and, and I haven't obviously been convention since Pretty Smart came out. Um, but, but yeah, so, so. Do you like conventions? Do you like interacting with fans? What's that like for you? I really like it. I, I love seeing their faces like up close and personal, you know, seeing right. their like reaction. Um, sometimes. The girls cry. Girls cry. They see you and they cry. They cry, yeah. And what do you do? Do you cry back? I just, no, 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 I don't cry back. Are you ever touched by a story really touched, they tell you? and they, Really you, you touched. Might, Right, right. I mean, I've had people show me that they have tattoos of my face on them. Which I wow. feel like a little tattoos of their, your face on them. Yeah. Where arm? I mean, they didn't show me anything else. Okay, God, so, okay, good. You know. All right, but good. but you know, it's it's just it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's it's amazing. But at the same time, you always think like, okay, I know it's amazing. Thank you so much for being so kind. But I'm just me. So there's like a weird. It's, it's hard to it's, show that you're just a regular guy because you really are a genuinely good guy. So you want to like make sure that they they know that. You're almost trying to prove yourself like I'm just a regular guy, but at the same time they don't see you as that. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of this this dichotomy of like sort of like it's cool and you're yourself, but at the same time you're this persona, you're this image that they have and you mm -hmm. have to do you feel like you have to live up to that? I think it's important to, you know, you're there for a reason, which is people are coming to see you. And even if you're having a bad day, you have to make sure that they have a nice experience. Right. Because I agree. You know, like these people without your fans, you don't have a career. So so it's important to make sure that they feel loved too. Because they give so much love. So an actor or singer or whoever is at the convention can give some love and time back, you yeah, know? Yeah. Because they would do anything for you. They'd watch every show you put out. Yeah. They'd buy anything that you they'd listen to this podcast. Yeah. For sure. And it's and and they're just diehard fans. And so it's important to make sure that they feel respected and loved. Yeah. What about Pretty Smart? How much are you enjoying that? The best experience of my life. You really, I, I could tell, I saw some interviews and you just have so much fun doing that. Again, you have an American accent. Yeah. You have, uh, you're, and you have to keep in perfect shape. Like I saw the workout you did before you got here this morning and I had an anxiety attack because I thought, I can't do this. And also that I felt like I'm doing things wrong because you start talking about how you always have this, like uh, you always get the blood going. You've got to, you have to have cardio first before you go into strengthening. I just walk down there and I just kind of lift up weights and I just kind of do some weights and then I leave, but there's a whole regimen to it. There's a whole mindset, right? Yeah. There's yeah, it's And that's your addiction, not the drugs, but working out health conscious. Yes. Yes. I think, especially for the show, when you've got a real reason, you know, Netflix is a huge platform um, and 210 million or subscribers or something it was insane. Wow. And so you, I, I knew that I was going to be shirtless. And so I knew that that tape was going to last forever. And so, yeah, you have a real motivation to make sure you're in the best shape ever, you know, but all, aside from the show, I do live a very healthy lifestyle. You know, I eat pretty well. What do you eat? Like, let, let me, let, take me through a day. Just like, what will you have for breakfast? I'll probably have um, avocado toast. Maybe some oatmeal. Um, I have some, you know, eggs too. Um, and then I'm on a meal plan. So, you know, for lunch, I'll either have a salad or I'll With have, chicken in it maybe or yeah, fish? Yeah, chicken, eggs. Um, I don't do the sauce, you know, which people look at me and they're like, oh, you're eating salad? Just 
Because that's where all the bad stuff comes in. It's the sweetness and the sugary and the, right. But it's kind of, is it kind of bland to have a salad? I love it. Really? I love it. Because I just think like, yeah. You make your own salads? No, like sometimes I'll like go to Sweet Green. Sweet Green has great salads. Right. Um, And, or I'll just get it from the, from the meal plan. Um, But then I'll have salmon, I'll eat, um, you know, quinoa. Yeah. Um, But no candy bars, no chips. No, crackers no, no 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 you really stay away from most of that if definitely when i'm shooting no sodas right no are those the things that kill you i can't i don't i hate soda really I hate soda i don't i don't really get it like when people have it's like so a, refreshing and crisp mm-mm. it's like you it's take a sip of a diet coke and it's just like your whole mouth just explodes yeah then and then like five minutes later you can feel it oh no i feel it and i see it (laughs) i see it i see it in the gut i see it um what would you recommend for a 49 year old who just wants to stay in shape would you say what would you say get rid of sodas get rid of the candy and the sugars and just eat balanced meals and try to work out a couple days a week is that is as simple as that i mean definitely do some exercise every day you know like whether it's going for like a brisk walk for 20 minutes 30 minutes light jog for 15 20 minutes in the morning um yeah and just stay away from stuff that you you know that you can avoid sodas right. sodas are not sodas not good drinking water is very important really very important a lot of water yeah a lot how of much water. water do you drink a day i mean i it's funny i don't actually have anything i have it in my car but um <laughs> It's uh, it's a gallon. You know, you know, one of those water bottles that tell you exactly like, right. oh, 9 a.m. You're doing good. Yeah. 11 a.m. Keep going. I have one of those and more. By the way, you know, it's Hollywood. You go through relationships. You go through breakups. You hear it all the time. Every actor goes through it. Are you mostly friends? Like, for instance, Bella Thorne. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but do you, do you, are you still like, what's the word? Uh, cordial. Cordial. For sure. You are. Yeah, probably more than cordial because... When you go through a relationship, you go through, it depends obviously how it ends and why it ends. Um, but, you know, I think with with Bella and I, I've just always just, it was always important to me that she grew up to live out her truth. Um, and so we come from very opposite uh, family dynamics. Um, and so she unfortunately lost her dad when she was, I think, nine. Um, and so it was really important to me that she felt loved and supported whether or not she was in a relationship with me or out of a relationship with me. Um, and so after the relationship, it was, uh, yeah, important to me that I was, I, I said it to her, I was just, so you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm here for you as a, as a, as a friend, I always will be. And I always will be. Um, so if someone came up to her and said, Hey, how was it dating Greg Sulkin? You think she? You, what does your gut say? What did your gut say? You think she'd say? I, she wouldn't. I, there aren't many reasons why she would say it was bad. You know, <laughs> right? Like she. I mean, nothing's perfect. Yeah, no, no, no. Things she, end. Most things end. Yeah, she. She would say, yeah, I probably love Greg. It's probably. I. It's probably what I think. You she hope would say. she would say that. Yeah, yeah. I hope she would say it, but I, I think, think she probably probably would. And how much does Michelle like you talking about her bringing up her name? M- Bella invites us to her birthday parties every year. Come on, so Michelle and this Bella, is like this like, is like a fairy tale fucking life here. Yeah, but I think it was important. That's nice. We That's nice. we both, all three of us, actually created that dynamic because it requires a lot of like maturity. Maturity. Yeah, you know, me making me explaining to Michelle that like Bella's a person that I will always 
be there for if she ever needed something. Michelle was like extremely mature and understood that and respected that. And then on, 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 um, you know, on all angles, just like I wish her the best. She wishes me the best. She loves Michelle. I really respect Ben who Bella's engaged to now. Um, so yeah, just sort of, you know, it's, it's, Hey, can't yeah. ask for better. There's yeah. nothing worse than an ex hating you. Yeah. There's just no need. There's just no need. <laughs> there's, there's no need for it. Especially if no one's done anything wrong. You know, if right. it was just a simple, simple, like, Hey, we're just growing. We just in didn't work ways. out. We're just like, we're not, we're not compatible. Yeah. Uh, this is called, uh, shit talking with greg sulkin this is just from my patrons you can go to patreon.com slash inside of you uh these are people who support the podcast a little more they ask a few questions it's rapid fire great let's go little lisa do you have any hidden talents hidden talents uh besides real estate mm, yeah uh uh you was a handball champion when i was a kid you were a handball champion yeah as a kid i mean me and my partner but it wasn't just me it was a shared championship but wow. yes handball yeah it was like uh we call it fives in england fives yeah which is like a you play in like a concrete squash yep yep it's really cool sport i loved it do you still play it no 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 you like to play court. would you like to play again sometime yes all right yes michelle k what's a misconception you had about americans or the u.s in general um <sighs> that's a tough one misconceptions misconceptions um you thought they were all vulgar and rude? No, 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 no. I love this country. <laughs> they I think... have the best burgers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> burgers in the world. Burgers in the world. I think probably that I just assumed that the country was all the same. And that over time you realize that, wow, this country is huge and has so many different, um, you know, incredible parts to it. You know, on the, yeah. you've got Southern California, but even in, the, even in the middle of the country, it's, you know, there's great places. Uh, Dana asks, who have you met that made you goof out a little bit over? Um, I think when I was a child, uh, David Beckham. And you met him? Yeah, I actually met him again last week. Uh, my friend's, his very close friend's birthday party, um, who's also a close friend of mine. And lovely, lovely. What actor, though, are you starstruck over? Oh, actor? I haven't met him, but I think I'd like to have a, uh, a drink with Clooney. Really? Yeah. You know what? Because he's a gentleman. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Because you 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 seem like such a gentleman that maybe you know. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know what's crazy is my castmate on Runaways, Renzi, just did a movie with Clooney, and so I was getting all of the information from like what's he like. And my other buddy Graham worked with Clooney on uh, on a Hulu show, so I feel like I've got to be next. Like I, I've, I, that is my dream to work with Clooney. I can't wait to see you as a bastard. As a bastard. To play a bastard. I'd love to. I, I really think you'd be great at that. And I think it will surprise everybody. And it will be one of those things where the headlines are like, oh, Greg Sulkin, you know, he played all these great, nice guys. And now he just, play, you know, he's just he's, a bastard. He's evil incarnate in the bastard. Called the bastard, right? It will be called the bastard. Great. I don't know if your mom would like it. Does she want you to play those that's kind of not, roles? That's or not so be? bad. No, the bastard's fine. I'd right. definitely, yeah, but that's acting, you know, I'd love to play that. So you want a production company, you want to make your own, you want to put your friends in all these pro yeah. projects. What else is there? What's up? Anything coming up? I know you did a horror movie called Don't Hang Up. Yes. And I, I haven't seen that yet, but how was it? Because I love horror. I'm a big, as you can see, a big horror fan. Uh, what was your experience on that? It, I should have, I think my lesson from from that movie was make sure when you read the script, you're looking at how many uh nighttime shoots and how many exteriors and how interiors. hard is that because it's 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 wet it's bloody 
and it's cold a lot of the time. And you have to cry a lot. Cry a lot. Cry right? a lot. Did you ever have to have them blow glycerin in your eyes or whatever to help um, you cry? I'm sure. I think after like week four. You're I was like, just fuck like, it. I don't care. Because I got to such an emotional low point that it was just like awful. I remember Exhausted. calling my dad at the end of the, the project and being like, dad, I don't know if I can do this. Like that was the lowest point in acting, I think. Um, what was it about that? Did you feel like you were just mentally and physically too tired to continue? Yeah, I just went to too, too many dark places that I just, it wasn't enjoyable for me anymore. Did that make you sort of deter from doing horror movies? Like you wouldn't want to do one again unless it was no night shoots, not as much crying, <laughs> not as much as an emotional voyage? Um, no, I think that you just got to be careful with how many horror movies you do. Yeah. Um, so now I'd only do one if it really made sense. Right. Um, and also it, it really made me think like, oh, I want to do comedy. And I'm a happier human offset when I'm doing a comedy. I'm in a better, right. I'm in a better headspace. So if I could pick and choose um comedy is definitely something that i'd like to stick with just for the next little while and that's why yeah. the show is is amazing because pretty I, smart i love Netflix. those people i love those people yeah it looks love. like you're just having a great time and it's the producers of how i met your mother yes so i mean it's witty it's smart it's pretty smart yeah it's pretty smart and you have a great time doing it it doesn't feel like a job mm -mm. is it in front of a live studio audience well no because of covid all right. But if we get a second season, then yes, it will be. So you really want to do it again? Yeah, because I've done multicam. I did Wizards. I did a show called Melissa and Joey with Jory, Jory Lawrence and Melissa right. Joan Hart, who were so good and such professionals. Um, love them too. And them too, those two. Uh, and and I did Young and Hungry too with Emily Osmond, who I'm working with again, yeah. who is so good at multicam. It's absurd. And so I just, I don't want this job to end. Like I don't want the job to end because I'm learning so much. I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm working with great directors. Um, you know, Pamela Fryman directed us, Phil Lewis, who's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't want, I do not want it to end. Do so. you get, do you, you don't seem like a person who gets really down or gets anxiety. Do you ever deal with any anxiety or depression or anything like that? I don't deal with social anxiety. Um, I know a few close people to me that do deal with social anxiety. So I always used to think like, you know, I guess I'm, I used to be part of the problem with anxiety in the sense of I didn't really take it seriously. I just thought it was like, oh, come on, it's fine. It's fine, but it's not. It, mental health is a real thing and it's so tough because you can't see it and that's the problem. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the brain is so, so, so complex and, you know, that's why professional... It's tough being an actor. I'm sure you feel like this too, but you know, you get messages and it's sometimes dark. Like, hey, I'm thinking of oh, yeah. not being here any longer. What do I do? Oh, and I'm just yeah. like, hold on. Like, I seek professional help because it's, I don't, I, I'm not qualified to do that. It's like mental health is a real thing. And so it needs to be taken seriously. So if you do have an issue, try to seek out professional help. You know, of course, have your friends and stuff, but like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. But thankfully for me, no social anxiety. Of course, I have low days, low moments. Sure. Um, you get sad. Yeah. But it know. seems like, you know, part of your routine, part of your regimen is the fact that you work out a lot. You eat right. You're not putting bullshit in your body. And that probably helps a lot. Yeah. That probably does, you know, getting the exercise, getting the heart rate up, doing all these things. A lot of times, you know, I feel like when I'm down, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. It's because I'm not exercising. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not taking care of the machine. And when you don't take care of the machine, you kind of fall apart. Mm -hmm. You know, things need some oiling and, yeah. and, and lubing. Sure. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Is that right? 
man this listen this has been a lot of fun i was i was a little nervous because i don't know you and i and i felt like you know like what are we going to talk you are so easy to talk to oh likewise you're really open and fun and i had a great time today dude perfect and by the way i'm gonna text jeff you can come for, i mean welcome to come to dinner T text jeff i will yeah if i'm not working i'd love to come All i right. love jeff he's a great guy we'll have a lot we'll have a lot of laughs yeah uh, I like th that. Thanks for being on here. No, of course. I, I really appreciate you allowing me to be inside of you today. Thank you. I mean, that's a yeah, bit weird. Yeah, I say it to everybody. Yeah, not not everybody. <laughs> well, that was a treat. He was a treat, and um, you know, I don't really feel like we've had a bad guest yet, Ryan. Would we say if we did? Um, I, I wouldn't say it, but. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, I just I really enjoyed talking to Greg. He was fun. He was it was good. It was fun. I always say to you after the podcast, I go, that's pretty good. Yeah. And you're like, it was great. Yeah. And I always know it's the Ryan Tejas meter. You know, you'll be like, yeah, that means it, well, it was OK. So sometimes you look at me like, I don't know what I'm going to talk to this guy about. And then an hour and 10 minutes later. Boom. Boom. You've, you've talked to this we, guy. We've talked. Uh, hey, thanks for listening again. Please support the podcast. Continue to support the podcast. Again, if you don't know, if you didn't know who Greg Sulkin was today, maybe you enjoyed it. Maybe you'll enjoy next week. And there's a list of, of, of uh, guests that we've already had on. Um, our Inside of You clips hit 10 million views. Sweet. Um, so that was really sweet. Thank you for uh, going on YouTube and uh, watching us and checking out the clips and all the other fun stuff that we do. Um, Check out the Inside of You online store for merch, sunspin.com for a Zoom with me and uh, Rob, or also merch, and uh, join Patreon to support the podcast. I appreciate all my patrons. We're going to give a big shout-out. And lastly, before I give the shout-out to all the, the top-tier patrons who give a lot to the podcast, remember, if you want to give back, you could give back to echoesofhope.org to help um, um, the youth. Um I think there's a there's a, a a big problem today with uh, you know not only homeless but with uh, you know teenagers and you know foster youth trying to get their lives together. And if you go to echoesofhope.org, you can help them out. And foodonfoot.org to help homeless people out. Uh, my good friends at foodonfoot.org. Tell them Rosenbaum sent you, and uh, we love you. We're gonna give a shout out to all the top tiers. Mm -hmm. You hear that? That. Those are the gardeners. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Here we go. Big shout out to Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Mama Lauren G, Nico P, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, not to be confused with. Kristen Crook. Amelia O, <clears throat> Allison L, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jen S, Jamal. Uh, BB. F. Fuck. Janelle. Janelle B. Janelle B. Yeah. Kimberly E. Mike E. L. Don Suprema. What up, Dan? 99 More. Ramira. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Janine R. Maya P. Maddie S. Belinda N. Chris H. Dave H. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Chase. Sheila. G. Brad. Uh, D. Ray. A. Ch yes. Tabitha T. Liliana A. Michelle K. Michael S. Talia M. Betsy D. Claire M. Laura L, Chad L, Rochelle, Nathan E, Marion, Meg K, Janelle P, Trav L, Dan N, Big Stevie W. We're almost done. I love these people. Angel M, Rhiannon C. They just stick with me. Corey K, Super Sam, Coleman G, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Liz I, Jeremy C, 
Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gavinator, David C, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, Bano, or is it Bono? We'll never know. The C, the C, LC in Spanish. Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Jeffrey M, Omar I, Lena N, Design OTG, Eugene and Lee, or Leah, Eugene mm-hmm. and Lee, mm-hmm. uh, Chris P, <clears throat> Nikki G, Corey, KTB, Patricia, Maria N, Heather L, and Jake B. I couldn't do the show without you guys. Top tier patrons who, uh, if you want to join Patreon and join the family, you, you get a lot of stuff. There's a lot of tiers. Patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, yeah. Ryan, cool. Are you ready for the holidays? Uh, I am. You know, it's weird. This time of year, it's just the. the I just feel like the year's done, and I just feel like we're just. Are you sad? It makes me sad. Somber. You know, beginning of December makes me a little somber. It does because it's all the holidays are passing us by, and then you know you get to the beginning of next year, and it's just yeah. like work, 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 work. But you know what? We still have a month left of of the holidays, and and you know Christmas spirit and the. So just, you know, I will say this, Ryan. What's the truth? It's not over. It's not over yet. The holidays aren't over. We still have some time. Let's try to enjoy each day. Let's try to be grateful for each day that we have. And it's hard, but hey, we're here today. Mm -hmm. We're together. You brought me a bottle of wine. I did. I Uh, did do that. I'm very happy about it. Uh, You know, had a great podcast today. So, hey, you know, things could always be a lot worse. So try to stay positive. Try to stay happy. Uh, I'm saying that because it's it's hard. And that's the true meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. That's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, I love you. And thanks for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you from myself, Michael Rosenbaum. Myself, Ryan Taylor. Here in the Hollywood Hills of California. California. We love you. And uh, come back and see us. Come back and join us. And please continue to support the podcast. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.